0: Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. I got to find all my. Here it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's it going? I'm sponsored by Adidas today. Yo dog. Um, Got my summer outfit on and there's a little story behind this shirt. It's a little tight right here. I just tried it on. I was literally just trying the shirt on. Um, and this is the story about this shirt. Is I had this shirt in high school This exact shirt, well, not this exact one, but I had the shirt in high school. And um, it was a gap shirt. And me and my buddy Bo both really loved it. And we would trade it back and forth. Like they were doing all these like patterns, all these like tiny, like all the patterns were super small. And uh, so this was one that me and my buddy, my best friend, we used to share back and forth. To wear to school, and we'd always button our shirts up to the top because we were preppy. Go, hey, bro, what's up? And uh, so I saw one. It's a Gap. This is the actual year, and it was uh, at a Goodwill, and now it's back. I sent this picture to my my buddy, Bo, and he thought it was hilarious. Anyway, so there you go. That's my my. Uh, my shirt story, why I look like I'm on Hawaiian vacation with my funny hat and my funny shirt. Um, today we are gonna get into, it probably right away, what I've realized though is I need a table. I need to get a table for, uh, for, this, for this area in my life because uh, I'm, I'm running out of room. I got so much stuff and I don't have a table. I got a chair and now I need a table. So that's, that's where revolution's going. But today we're gonna talk about Hegel. And we're really going to um, strip down Hegel's belief system in Christianity. I mean, not strip it. I mean, we're going to simplify it because it is his, a lot of his writings on Christianity, his early writings are a little bit more approachable for spirituality and Christianity. Later writings for Hegel are almost impossible to understand. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to strip those down a little bit. We've, we did this. I did this a few years ago. I did this. Similar talk about Hegel, uh, but the reason I want to do it is because I feel that I'm gonna already needed my notes. Um, it deserves repeating, and I don't think it should be uh, obscure or just for those in you know academia. You know, I think it's something that we should all see and understand and, and realize. Like this is a very revolutionary. Uh, way of looking at Christianity, very similar to probably the way Zizek would talk about Christianity, uh, Peter Rollins would talk about Christianity, uh, folks like that, kind of. So it's kind of follows into a long line, of, uh, not a long line, a small, a short queue, if you will, <laughs> of people's thoughts about Christianity. Um, but I believe it's vitally important. And so uh, I guess we're kind of looking at Hegel's philosophy and theology today on God. So thanks for joining me. Glad you guys are here. And uh, we're going to kind of uh, go right into it. Not kind of, we are. Hegel believed Christianity offered a philosophical insight that no other religion did. So you've got kind of that, that, um, that kind of... Christianity evangelicals really loved, you know, like, oh, it's special. (laughs) And Hegel felt that Christianity kind of had a special thing about it. And we're going to talk about why that is, Uh, that no other religion did. And it really had a a really great philosophical insight, not just a theological insight, but philosophy. And it influences uh, his philosophy. And a lot of people think Hegel is almost unreadable. But I will tell you this, if you start to try to Understand Hegel and you start to kind of try to get into that world a little bit when you when you move from Hegel to like Kierkegaard or (laughs) Or Kant or other people like that those people seem to be a little bit easier to read once you've tried to like read Hegel because reading Hegel is like Really tough like I read books about Hegel and a lot of my uh, talk from today will be coming from a book about Hegel called uh, emancipation after Hegel um, by Todd McGowan, who I got to see speak in Ireland quite a few years ago. And he was really amazing. And it's funny thing is I remember seeing this book. He had just hadn't even come out yet. And he gave a copy to Pete cause he was speaking at an event for Pete Rollins. And, um, and, and, and one of the things that he was trying to say was, it's funny I have these neighbors and they talk so loud. Like, I don't understand. Like they're always so loud i wondering if one of them is losing their hearing. Anyway, so not my downstairs neighbors, outdoor neighbors. But um, but I met him, and I remember looking at this book, thinking like, oh, I have zero interest in that book because I have zero interest in Hegel. And uh, that's just not my in my will house, if you will. And so here I am years later, and this is probably one of my favorite books. And the reason I took my paint pens and put two blue stripes on it is so whenever I throw it into a bookshelf, I can just find it right away because it really was the kind of the book, the gateway drug to Hegel. So it looks like I'm recommending a lot of books now. I'm doing that on, I'm doing about things that really inspire me on Instagram and obviously books and probably music are gonna be the two main things and film. So Hegel believed that Christianity offered a philosophical insight that no other religion does. And he believed that the the really key to Christianity, and how ironic is this, is divine humiliation. (laughs) So that divine divine humility was what made Christianity worth its weight in gold to him. What made it stick out was, and it wasn't just humility, it was humiliation. And one of the things I I was thinking that we should all kind of maybe try to vibe with and think about and feel a little bit, and I can't make anybody feel anything, but is this idea of we? I think we've all been in these places where we've been humiliated, we've been hurt, we've we've been through bad things. I mean, look, I'm wearing a T-shirt because it reminds me of high school. I mean, that's kind of like because I had it in high school. Kind of humiliating uh, and silly, but I like it. But this idea of of what humiliation can do do for us. Um, And so his divine humiliation was the death of Christ on the cross. Uh, Basic ideas behind Christianity. You walk into almost any church and there's either a cross or a crucifix. I remember as a child going to, to, uh, my parents took me to Israel. And it was the first time I had seen uh, people with machine guns. Now I, you see cops with machine guns and things like that. But back then, that was, you didn't see that. This must have been in the uh, mid-early 80s and uh, mid-80s sometime. And, uh, but I got a crucifix in the Holy Land. And it was wood. And it had a little metal Jesus on it. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing. And I remember getting back from the Holy Land and wearing it and being so proud of it and having this woman come up to me and said to me, my Jesus isn't on a cross anymore. <laughs> and she looked at my necklace and she goes, we don't wear those because our Christ has is, is risen and risen indeed. You know, and I remember as a kid being like, wow, thanks for making me feel like crap and like hating my necklace. And um, asking my dad about it and I guess he probably gave me something about, well, you know, Catholic, we don't really, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, I remember I had a peace symbol at one time and my dad's like, well, you know, that's, a, you know, supposedly an upside down broken cross and you know, that's not, but Christians always were looking for, for something to critique. You know, I mean, we're always like, like, talk about like, like a cultish vibe. Like, uh, I've always felt like Christianity is always like, it's just watching. It's not God who's watching you. It's the other ones. It's the other Christians or the other Catholics or the other people, the other religion who are watching you to tell you, oh, you're not doing what we're supposed to do. Um, but there is something kind of behind this is that a lot of evangelicals, um, and a lot of Protestants kind of got away from this idea of the crucified Christ and kind of started focusing on the risen Christ, which is strange because you would have thought with uh, with the Reformation happening with Martin Luther that we would have been more, a lot more focused on on the crucifixion of Christ. And, and then everybody's like, oh, no, it's the risen Christ, you know, and and the power over death and all this stuff. And so we just kind of glorified it and what hegel thought about that kind of thinking was that it was denying the essence of christianity and that it was in in some ways uh, heresy uh, what we were doing is that we were, were we, that we were literally just turning christianity into a religion of any other religion that was just you know fair play and and a lot of people feel that way about religion and that's fine i'm not here to tell you you have to think like me or be like me. That's not what I'm here to do. Unfortunately, a lot of uh, a lot of people, um, a lot of people in the the religion of Christianity think that their job is to tell you what to do, and not be humbled or even humiliated. They, they, those are the last things they want to uh, deal with. Um, So for another thing for Hegel it was was this the idea of the infinite showing itself finite. So the infinite here, you know, God, and then crucifixion shows that this infinite is finite. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, the, the night before, Lord, let this couple pass. You know, it wasn't like, hey, this is going to be awesome. You know, and you think about that. You know, the Gospels being later written that it must have been so entrenched of this, like, I don't even think we really grasp the intentions, of the intensity of Christ's probably nervousness of, of this death, of this cross that he was going to bear um, because of that. But it, it is kind of beautiful that those things are in there, that he's like, if this cup can pass from me, if this isn't going to happen, you know, that we've got those in the Gospels. Um, and it's interesting to say, like, one of the first bits of graffiti that was found near rome where rome was uh, was was a picture of a god it was a mocking a crucified god is one of the first pieces of graffiti that is reported is this you know the cross and a god on the cross and that like how foolish this would be for a god to be crucified so you know this isn't in ways that we think because we've retrained our ways to think about the cross you know you think about like um you know, I mean, growing up evangelical, gosh, it was always about the resurrection. That's how the passion plays were ended. And it was, oh, and the angels singing and all this stuff. And Carmen counting down backwards, five, four, three. And the champion, why is he counting? the devil's like, why is he counting backwards? You know, the champion, you know, we want this idea to almost this idea of resurrection to to, to, to cover, you know, and the funny thing is that Jesus comes back with scars in the Bible, in the resurrection, Jesus comes back, scars, scars, like this, he was beaten bloody, and he's a scarred, wounded body, and we, we often think of like, we just, because it's religion, we just romanticize it. And, 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 and from what I can understand of what Todd McGowan is writing about Hegel and from what I've understood of some of my ventures out into Hegel is that this was not something that, that Hegel thought we should be doing. Um, Hegel believes that this event strips all authority from the divine. So he believed that the, the crucifixion is all of the authority was ripped from the divine. You know, there was no like, well, just wait three days. You know, um, you know, people were like, well, maybe you know, like you hear, you know, oh, the Roman soldiers were like, well, maybe he'll he'll call down Jesus, or maybe you know, oh, is he calling for Elijah? Or maybe Elijah will come and save him. You know, mocking him. And some people think that maybe Judas was trying to just kind of push Jesus a little bit to to call in the. The, uh, the, the angels and rule in Jerusalem and things like that. But, but this idea that that this event, God loses everything. God loses God's self. God becomes, uh, Christ becomes an atheist on a cross. I remember I said that once on, um, on a news channel. Oh my gosh, I got so many letters from people and like emails from people telling me how horrible I was for saying Jesus was an atheist because <laughs> um, Jesus goes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, people were very, very um, upset um, about that. But I, I think it's a point worth looking at. And so I'm going to read this, this, this small part of... of mcgowan's book here so we can kind of get a more articulate idea of what what's being said here but here we are you know hegel's idea is that jesus is a pure example of god giving up his power as god and being completely humiliated on the cross And that this is something that's valuable, like valuable. Like if we do not focus on it, we are heretics. And this is what um, uh, Todd McGowan says about uh, Hegel's thoughts on this. The divine humiliation that Christianity enacts follows directly from the Christ's message of love. A loving God or a God capable of love cannot be a pure substance, but must be subject Only a divided subject can love because only divided subjects turn to the others to look for corresponding divisions. So love, you know, this back and forth. The message of love initially draws Hegel to Christianity, but it is the humiliated God entailed by love that sustains Hegel as a devotee. And this is why Hegel would have claimed Christianity as his faith, is that, love, this, this back and forth, this love of, of this humanity of, of God, this, this divide, this divi- that God was actually a divided subject w- was really amazing to Hegel. But then the fact that God was even willing to be uh, humiliated uh, sustained what Hegel was because he said, this is, this is a great moment of, of uh, the divided of God as the divider, this is, in Hegel's way, he saw it as the end of something, like the end of history is what he says, but I'm not gonna get into all that because it's so philosophical that it breaks my head. What I'm trying to do is get us to get to a place where we can kind of grasp a little bit of what Hegel's saying and ask ourselves, is this a, is this the type of, of, of theology that's worth following? Is there something here? Is there something that shows us, uh, that we can identify with? Um, and have we missed something in the past and, you know, have well-intended people just fallen into folly and into tradition and into just bad theology? Yeah, it would be my question. What this means is God of Christianity suffers from the same contradictions as we do. Now, that's a really hard pill to swallow is that why God would have contradictions, that God would have a need For love and a need for this thing, but also that God is willing to give up God's power and be completely humiliated. And um, which is, I guess, pretty interesting that you could argue God, a powerful God, giving up power, but this idea of being completely humiliated Um, and staying there. That's this, this is the argument is a staying within that is that the resurrection isn't this concept of of victory the resurrection you know jesus does not come back and like kill all the guys he doesn't like i'm here to kick ass you know like the book of revelation doesn't happen you know that's what they that was it's a fantasy book it's it's a book of like wishing revenge jesus doesn't walk through the streets covered in blood killing roman soldiers you know that's not what happens you know jesus comes back disciples Talks to a couple of his disciples. They poke holes. poke holes. They push. They put their fingers in in the scars. You know, he, he says a few sweet things, and then poof, up he goes. You know, that's it. You know, that's the magical point. And a lot of, the, you know, gospels. Some of the gospels added the resurrection later. I'm not saying there was no resurrection or not. But what I'm saying is, is the focus was on this, the crucifixion. The focus is on the death of God, if you will. And the infinite shows itself stripped of all power and stays there. It stays there, stripped of that power. So why don't we see more of this? And why don't we see, see more of this in the church today and, and Hegel and, and this kind of like Hegel's ideas of Christianity and why is it like when someone like you know Zizek or Peter Rollins or you know Todd McGowan bring this up and we go oh ooh, interesting you know um, and, you know what is what, what why don't we see it or hear this you know what's what's the what's what's the wall in the way of of understanding this type of faith and and the wall is the church You know, I would argue maybe all of Protestantism, not just like evangelicals, um, that we don't really live in this because I I, I see this need for control and this need for victory, uh, not just in like evangelical conservative circles, but I've seen it within Lutheran and progressive church circles of like, you know our team is going to win type of thing, that our God is in control and then it's just a mystery, but God is going to work this out. And, and, and what Hegel is arguing is that we've got it, we've got it wrong. Um, I don't know if he's arguing we got it wrong. He's arguing for this idea, and this idea would say that we've got it wrong. Um, and we've become this very victory-braced victory type of faith uh, but I think if anyone lives life on life's terms, we know that suffering and loss and struggle are more a part of, of, of the reality of life that we live in than, than victory. You know, we live in America, well, we're number one, you know. And we've got some great things here, but we've also got a lot of shit here. And we're starting to see, like, it really, things fall apart and more people becoming homeless. And I I live in Seattle and I see all these people uh, addicted to, you know, heroin and opioids and, and all these, you know, just like zombies on the streets. You know, it's crazy to see what's happening in the world. Um and in this country, and what we're doing to other people. But then if you you, know, you actually start to read the news in other countries, you go like, oh, these people are suffering through a lot of hell as well. So, so I think this concept of, of uh, God, the divided God, the humiliated God, uh, the humiliated Christ makes a lot more sense than this, you know, victory in Jesus, um, <laughs> my Savior. I mean, it's a great song, and I want to win. But, um, I've had a lot more devastating pain than like really exciting victories in my life. I'm just saying, could there be something to that? But this church, the church puts up this wall, you know. And I saw this clip today, and um, I've never been a huge critic of Joel Olstein, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I just always thought, oh, he's kind of this happy-go-lucky, like, mega, mega preacher, whatever, you know, just not on my, not really, in, I have met with him once about LGBTQ rights, but he wasn't like, uh, 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 like, oh, gee, you know, I mean, he wasn't like this, like, real legalistic bastard, and, um... But, that I, but you know, when I saw this clip today, I was like, oh, he really is selling like this kind of completeness and like this wholeness and that like God's going to fill that void that you have. And I just don't believe that. I believe that grace allows you to accept the void, accept that you are accepted with the void. It's not filling the void. It recognizes the void so you can live life and that you can live with contradictions and you can fix the contradictions you can and live with the ones that you can't. Um, so anyhow, the church acting has, is acting as a mediator, which is ironic because they deny this, but kind of a churchy thing to do. And God's, you know, the church, welcome to God's house, you know, and that type of thing will tell you how to live or what God can do for you or what you should be doing for God. And so it's keeping this 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 is like communicator with god you know like you know and keeping god kind of like separate from becoming keeping the, the, the really the contradictions of god from becoming evident really is what it's doing is it's oh you know we're god's house and we're more than conquerors you know and then the preacher falls and then this falls and this happens and people fall apart you know, and um, you realize not, you know, not everything that's shiny is gold, you know. So it, it, it's, it's, it's really strange. Um, and, and that's why I don't really like going to church or ever really went to church is because I didn't like people like, I didn't like feeling like I was, and I'm going to do a talk, I think, on this is how the church felt like you had joined the firm, like the movie The Firm, and like, you know, people are watching you, and they're like, and then, you know, you're meeting with the pastor because you're dating the wrong person or because you're doing that, you know, I mean, it's like, what is, what what the heck is going on here? Um, you know, oh, Jay, we've heard you've been spending some time. Oh, we, you haven't spent, you know, we haven't seen you at the Conqueror's class or whatever, you know, and it, it, it's just well, the bizarre kind of stuff, you know? Um you know, or, or or like the progressive church is like, we didn't see you at the Barbie party. What's, what's going on there? You know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just making funny stuff up. Um, you know, um, but there is that kind of thing. Like, oh, oh, I thought, you know, I think I saw Jay with a Chick-fil-A cop the other day and I'm really, really concerned. Uh, I thought he stood for something different. You know, like we're just constantly just watching for each other to have these moments of weakness, these moments of humiliation. And here, like this concept that, reading to Hegel's thought, concepts of Christianity is that it's about humiliation. It's about the divided. It's about the, the loss. It's about this is this is what makes God able to be God and be tangible, to be broken, for us to be broken. It's like it's not you don't have to go to the church or you don't have to have the Pope or you don't have to have a mediator for us between you and God. You know, God is with us, you know. Um, so love requires and needs this, this divided subject. So why Christianity? Why, why, why is Hegel interested in Christianity again? And that just comes down to the divine humiliation. And I will say it again, and I wrote this really big, really big, humiliation. (laughs) Humiliation, folks, that's why. The humiliation. How often have we been humiliated by the church? How often does the church humiliate people? How much do we humiliate, you know what I mean? So this concept of suffering, of giving up power, of being less than, of being humiliated, is the concept that's like, was like, oh, this is special. This is like the, one of the greatest philosophers of our time. Some would argue, and some would also say he was full of shit. But is this is what he's getting out of of, of this this concept? It's much deeper than anything that we grew you know we grew up hearing. You know this vicious cycle that we lay in. You know, for me, I suffer from depression, you know? And, like, yesterday, I was, like, super, like, I just was overwhelmed with, like, just, like, this darkness, you know? And I couldn't know why. I mean, yeah, I was thinking we'd lost Steve. And then, you know, silly as it may sound, Pee Wee Herman was an important part of my childhood. And, like, and and Sinead O'Connor was an important part of my teenage years and even adult years. And, you know, these are people, like, I really meant things to me were past and gone, you know, and, and so there was just a lot of like griefing and, and, you know, the reality of like paying bills and trying to get life and like things don't get easier, you know, and, but I couldn't pinpoint it, you know, I just was depressed. It was a dark, I was in a dark place and I kind of just needed to sit with it and just go like, okay, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm in a moment of grief, you know, I'm in a moment of darkness. I'm in a moment of, you know. I can't put a word on it. I just have to kind of sit with this feeling and know that it's a feeling, and there it is, you know? But I have those feelings a lot more than I have these feelings of, like, victory, you know? Like, sometimes I think, like, a lot of these, like, really positive preachers, I guess, like Joel Olstein maybe or something like that, I'm like, what kind of mental health issues do these guys have, and where do I get one? Um, to Hegel, this, this idea of humiliation is profound, Humiliation of God in Christianity is the source of freedom, is a source of freedom. I mean, why humiliation of God in Christianity is the source of freedom that it provides. It provides us with a source of freedom to be in our low points, to be in our darkness. Um, now, for me, this is a side note that I wrote. But this, this just before I go to my side note, this is what Hegel says, that Christianity was was the what. what Christianity said something that this is probably where we want to cancel Hegel. This is where you're going to cancel Hegel, okay? If you're already, some of you have already been like, I don't like what he's saying. And that's okay, I get it. I, I, first few times I've read stuff like this, I didn't, wasn't that comfortable either because I was raised to believe a tradition rather than actual like scholarship and deep thinking and proper theology and proper philosophy. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of these guys who were just like, And then we got to prove that this happened and that this is, this happened, you know, and and it was all about proving everything had to be 100% and that, you know, dinosaurs were not real or that we rode on them or whatever, you know. We got to do away with science, you know, this this fear of reality, of being broken, of being humiliated, if you will. Um, But this is where you might want to cancel Hegel because this is what made Hegel say that Christianity was the one and only true religion, that this was the one religion, this was the true religion, was this, was this idea of a humiliated God. So that's why Hegel, that's what Hegel said. It's what he believed. He, he was, he believed Christianity was the truth, you know? And so he probably won't be sharing that at the interfaith uh, prayer meeting uh, with everybody. But that's how Hegel felt. Now, but for me, this idea of this broken Christianity, humiliation of God is a reason I can, can stay part of it. I mean, I remember a moment where my faith was pretty much gone after my second divorce, you know. And I, and Revolution was like, which it has been for probably the past 10 years, really financially struggling. And I'm going like, do I quit? Do I stay? What do I do? And I was just in the shower, like by myself crying. And the image of Christ going, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like just tortured, almost like the Mel Gibson movie, hit me going like, okay, God felt abandoned. Christ felt abandoned by God. This is where I am. I am, with, I am suffering with Christ right now. You know, this is where I am. I, too, want to know why I've been forsaken, you know, and uh, my faith, whatever it is, or my belief, or whatever it is, <laughs> survived. The contradiction makes it real. The being less than conquerors was what got me through. The humiliated God was what made it true. Um, We just like to rewrite the story and rewrite the script for our time. You know, I mean, I think that's why so many people hold dearly the book of Revelation and which we talked about a few weeks ago is because it's like an action movie with Jesus coming back and kicking ass. And people want that. They want that to be eventually happened. That's going to be the victory. Even though we're going to have to suffer, Jesus is going to come back and kick butt and then take us all home or we're going to have a party, you know, separated from people we love or care about, which, like, that's not a party. That's just jail, even if it's a nice jail. So, like a Swiss jail. Um... So it's not the pope or the church, there is no intercessor obscuring the divine. We are connected to the divine. Um, there is no Wizard of Oz, I think that's the best way of saying it, you know, or there is no man of God, you know, I have knew these evangelical preachers who would be like, well, I'm the man of God, you do not question the man of God, you know, they would set up this really weird hierarchy. And this is how they were like, <laughs> a lot of these guys were really rich, and that's why they, you didn't want to question the man of God because eh, his house is a bit big and his cars are really nice, so you do not question the man of God. And um, so there is no man of God, and if you've read anything like in the Bible, you probably know that. Um, like just read Galatians, you'll know there's no man of God or woman of God, <laughs> um, and there's no wizard of Oz. You know, there's no Wizard of Oz there with, I'm the Great Oz. Oh, you know, it's like the band behind the curtain. You know? Um, I mean, really, that is it. Just a guy oh, trying to get the keep the, the facade going. Um... Hegel said something that was very interesting. He said, no more slavery, you know, even if slavery did continue. But he would say, if you really, Christians really, truly understood this concept, there would be no slavery because we are all connected to this God one by one. one." And there's no slavery. There's no mediator. So you're like just your brothers and sisters when you do slavery and you treat slavery or you treat people as though they, that you are the mediator, that there's any other mediator, that's it. Boom, you know, like, so there should be, you know, obviously we know there should be no slavery, but it's funny that a lot of you folks who enjoy capitalism don't realize that that's how capitalism got its start because free labor. Oh, oh what do you know? And now we're turning kind of into that. Oh, nobody do you know? Um, it, 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 it is this idea that these are our brothers and sisters. And that's also where we start. Well, I'm going to go into my own message here is why I would step out and say why grace fits in here is because then there's no othering. There's no scapegoating. There's no doing this thing. There's learning to trust people a little bit more in their own walks of life, you know, and then there's able to have these tough conversations and hard conversations because there's a little bit more of not like, I really represent God and I really have the truth because I read the right book. You know, I follow Dan McLaren on, McClellan, Dan McClellan on, you know, I I listen to his talks, so I've got it kind of figured out and you don't. It's not about that anymore. It's, it's, you know, it's not about victory. It's not about winning. It's not about having your life together. It's not about having peace that passes all understanding all the time. Fun fact is I find that peace that passes all understanding to be that type of when we have peace in the midst of our tears, when I find peace in the midst of the fact that I don't know why God's left me and I feel like a little bit of peace because I think, wow, this must be how Jesus felt. You know, it's like, oh, you know those moments, those little poof that you can't really put into words or explained, but they're just those moments of sharing in the humiliation. So, remember this, for Hegel, that, for Hegel, it's to set up like the, the God is the victorious God, or this type of slaver, this you know, is a betrayal. Because for Hegel, that is a betrayal to the foundations of Christianity. That Christianity is built on is this mediator or this victorious thing. Um, most of us restore the divine position, though. That's what we do. we'll do it. And I I had to write this. I have and I do. Most of us like to get God, this concept of a humiliated God, out and restore that divine figure you know this mystery the the because the, the, hegel said like this idea of god oh it's a mystery and we don't know and his ways are greater than ours but felt like that that was that was heresy really felt like that was heresy often and um, You know, Hegel believed. That's right. Hegel believed that the real heretics are those who believe in the unknown God, which I have a book where I talk about believing in the unknown God. So, ouch. That doesn't feel good, Mister Hegel. Um, Harsh, I know. But in order to avoid knowing God suffers you know a lot of us will do whatever we can to get in, in line in order to avoid the of knowing the suffering that the same of the same humiliation as us that god understood it you know um what did i put get online get in line get on i don't know what i'm saying here but hegel believed that the heretics are those who believe in kind of this unknown mysterious victorious god and, I've, and, and like I said, it, that stings a little bit because most of us have this idea of restoring it. or when we're going through a hard time. Why we say God is a mystery when we're suffering often or why we're going through stuff when my mom had cancer and things like that. And it's God's ways and not our ways is because we've been told that God will heal you and God is victory. And then all you got to do is pray and all you got to do is this. And we've had these very simplistic understandings of Christianity. That have been handed to us by these like American evangelicals, who don't understand the Bible, Bible, the Bible, the biblical history, and its true foundations. Don't under you know don't don't seem to have the proper scholarship in their lives, and so they think, oh, well, it's all hundred percent true, and all this. So we think, oh, well, God's got to be more than Victor, and all this stuff. So God must be a mystery. If my mom died, and it must have been God's will that those little children died. You know, or even the opposite, like, oh, my kid survived, so God was watching out for my child, but basically you're saying that God wasn't watching out for the other 10 children who were killed. Like, God was like, oh, I don't really have time for that one. I thought it was special, so I saved for you because you say your prayers at night and take your vitamins. You know, that's what we're saying when we say those things. So this kind of makes sense in a way. Now, I've stripped this way down. Like, I've taken, I went into this book that, that Todd McGowan wrote, Is not an easy book to understand. Some of it's like, you'll read a chapter and it's like, and then the next chapter is like, oh, this is really great. I'm really getting out of something out of it. And then the next chapter is like, oh, this is really dense and hard to understand what's going on. And so I've been reading this book for years and always getting something new out of it. Um, So I think what we're hearing here is that this is not the everyday right or left type of Christianity that we all know. And I'm not saying that this is Christianity. What I'm saying is is to think about this and put this into your wheelhouse or into your mind your brain and work through it. Think about it. Struggle with it. Work it out. Maybe go get the Hegel book, you know. Uh, Maybe look into this more, you know. Uh, Because I know that there's a lot of foundational stuff that this pushes against. But why is this, why is Hegel, someone who really knew Christianity, understood it quite well, uh, it was a very big part of his life, you know, wrote on it, this topic, quite a bit from his earliest career, from the earliest point of his career. Um, where does this come from? Why does, why does you know, I, I think some really great books on this are, are, are Pete Rollins wrote some really great stuff that I feel like is accessible um, to this. Uh, one, I think, is The Divine Magician and um, The Orthodox Heretic. Uh, no, not the orthodox. The Divine Magician is one, and I'll try to figure out the other one. I'll, I'll, I'm doing book recommendations and all this stuff on, on Instagram, so we'll, we'll pull those books out as well. Just don't tell him, because, you know, his head can't get much larger. Um, Hegel would believe that the fundamentalists are really betraying the core of our religion. And... Uh, of by, by completely missing uh, the humiliated God. And I think a lot of us will think that we are missing the point of the humiliated God by trying to... Uh, I think when we miss the idea of trying to understand the other rather than, you know, but instead of we want to have victory over the other... Like this, and we make that a faith thing. And I think that's more of a human thing than like a religious thing. But for some reason, we've cranked it up and like, you know, like my chocolate got mixed with my peanut butter. Um, (laughs) You know, we've really put in there like victory is somehow a part of religion and God being on my side and on my team and answering my prayers and not your prayers and, you know, that crap. Um, It doesn't work, folks. It doesn't work. And I think we've built it so... strongly into the Christianity that we miss something on both the right and the left, you know? Like, I watch the light, the left, and they're always celebrating victories over the right, like in Christianity, and I tell you why. That's why we don't call Revolution Church and all that stuff, because it's just such a bad taste in my mouth, and I think we miss it. Like, when we humiliate the other, they're sharing in something with Christ. They're sharing in something with God when we humiliate them on behalf of of. Of the powers that be, on the behalf of religion, when we humiliate them, they're sharing in the suffering of God, whether it be right, rightfully humiliated or not. This is the true struggle, folks. Uh, this takes uh, Christ off the cross and throws him into a a shit job, like you know he's, I, I, you know. I always, like when I, when I lived in Linwood and I'd go to the McDonald's by my house a lot and, and you know, I saw these folks working really hard at McDonald's, you know, and then I remember seeing another, seeing them and going like, hey, I think, do I know you from somewhere? And like, yeah, you know. I work over at McDonald's and I saw them over at the grocery store and they are working on these two jobs. And so I, and in my way, that that's is where Christ is stripped down and put, he's put into the two jobs. You know, the divine humiliation there's the, the divine realization of suffering, of, of, of living life, of having to, having to live the life of, of being humiliated and having controlled, being controlled by a system that's greater than them, a system that's taken over. So Christ, I don't for me, Christ doesn't come off the cross and get on the, you know the, the golden throne. For me, Christ comes off the cross right into the into being. Um, the broken kid who grew up to be a pastor and doesn't even have a live, communi- live congregation anymore and just talks on those weeks and has been through two divorces and is trying his best to raise two kids. You know, that's, for me, if I want to relate to Christ, that's where I relate to, not like, oh, I've written three books and that was, <laughs> you know. It's, it's relating to, like, this is living life on life's terms. So it it ends up looking as though that God is not very godly in Christianity. Um, That God doesn't end up being as godly in Hegel's concept of Christianity doesn't seem to be very godly by rolling and throwing down fires and doing all these things and and that, but something happens. Something that's a picture of showing us the divide, the humiliated God, That something that contradiction is going to be a part of our lives. Uh, you know, for, for a long time. And I say that in a very Hegelian way, not in just like, you know, saying one thing and doing another. So, you know, but then maybe grace is, is is the miracle that, you know, the grace is the miracle because it really does rely more on the broken God than on the humiliated God, on the humiliated divine. And that grace that says, you know, accept that you're accepted, you're loved, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, all fall short of glory, but yet God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. You know, maybe that concept of grace, you know, grace not works, not these other things, you know, maybe that's the, the just that's part of the humiliation as well. If you really think about it and if you really roll it into your head and and like I do because I'm an overthinker, it takes me forever to fall asleep because I'm just thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, Sometimes it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse but I find it more of a blessing because I get to do this stuff and this is what I love is talking to you all about this. I never thought I would be talking to you all about Hegel like for like probably the third time now Um, but you know, that's, been part of really having great friends and and, and, and f- f- be honest with you just continually questioning and feeling like oh this is tough how can I go on and you're saying like oh I want to know more about these deep thinkers who who, who went on and what they thought about this and then finding good news within discovering good news within someone like Hegel you know is pretty cool or um you know, even Dan, who I mentioned earlier, like, I didn't think I, like, a, a, a Mormon, uh, you know, um, a Mormon scholar would be, like, my favorite, one of my favorite biblical scholars. And, you know, I never thought that was going to happen. And look, there it is, you know. So, be open to the the, the new and to the mysteries. And, and. um I, and I hope really right now, though, is what you leave with is more of a sense of peace than a sense of despair. Like, oh, God's not in control. You're like, oh, God was humiliated. And gosh, life is humiliating. And I don't suffer alone. That's what I hope. that that, that You see that type of grace. And that, you know, if you go, oh, Jay I've got it kind of figured out. I've got it kind of, you know tuned in, then I, then I hope you're going to say like, well, then this type of grace I need to give to other people because when I see other people humiliated and doing these things and going through this, you know, maybe there's a little bit of something that they can learn in that as well. So thanks for tuning in this week. Um, I must say this because I, I got a call from our financial folks in New York saying, hey, have you been raising money? Because it's not there anymore and you need to do that because you're not gonna be able to get paid and we're not gonna be able to be fulfilling the, you know, the paychecks and our pay and things like that. So please tell people that there's a need and that you could really, Revolution could really use the support of the people um, financially. So I know often I say, if you can't give anything, just retweet and that's still the same. But if you can give anything, anything will do at this point and really help us continue to do this work. And uh, there is isn't us. There is a few of us. Um, but you are also part of us. And if you like this and what you see here and what we're doing here and you like the fact that I can come in and talk to you about Hegel every now and then and other, you know, Kierkegaard and things like that, it's because I have the time to sit down and read these books and study these books because I was not uh, – I, I did not go to Bible college or uh, seminary. I've taken classes at those places, but I've I've never been able to really go on my own. I also am a father of two who uh, is really focused on their children. So I'm blessed enough that you make it possible for me to have these books and read these things and do this and, and and make a living doing this and keeping revolution going. And I don't know what the future of revolution is, but I know what revolution is now, and this is where we're at now. Um, but we can't do it without your financial support. And you can go to revolutionchurch.com. There's a YouTube, uh, I mean, a YouTube, um, which we do this. You can follow us online too, because we we're do we going to be doing other stuff on different areas, and I'll talk more about that later. But um, there's a Venmo and a PayPal. A lot of people hated PayPal, so we added Venmo. And then the financial folks were like, hey, you know, it's been a long time getting that Venmo, and we haven't brought much through the Venmo, so maybe give the Venmo a spin and see if how that one works as well. And they're tax deductible. Um, at this point, we're still tax deductible. So there you go. Um, thanks, folks. Appreciate your time with me. And we will. Uh, this was a tough one, man. Anytime you talk about Hegel, it just feels like you know. It's like trying to get through a strainer or something. It's 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 tough, you know. And especially trying to strip it down and what choosing what to keep and what to take away. Um, I obviously can't it it's full justice but um i will recommend some books in the future of uh, better ways to kind of understand some of these philosophers that we talk about and uh lead you in the way of other philosophers like i said pete rollins is is my buddy and he's really great on this stuff as well so maybe give him a follow and uh, check out some of his work as well all right thank you everybody uh, thank you for your help. Thank you for your support. Thank you for making this life of uh, almost thirty years possible. All right, bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.